Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another interesting week. I have to say this every week. With Donald Trump out there, how could anything not be interesting? Uh, though I disagree with much of what he does, if not everything that he does, uh, he still keeps things lively and people talking, people worrying, etc., etc. And he makes news, too much news, and too many sad things. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if, let's say, 50% of the news is happy, cheerful stuff? Uh, but we don't get that anymore with Donald Trump. And I can't wait till the world changes back to the way it was in that regard. Now, tonight we're going to go to some interesting places. We're going to go to Washington, D.C., Hershey, Pennsylvania, Paris, uh, the Mississippi River, Houston, Texas, Crimea, Amsterdam, New York, North Korea, China, the South China Sea, and Gary, Indiana. Let's start with what happened to the president today. He had charges of impeachment brought against him. The House Judiciary Committee returned two articles of impeachment, one for abuse of power, the second for obstruction of justice. Understand, these are merely charges, like when a person gets arrested, they charge him, or if the case goes to a grand jury, uh, he gets served with indictment papers, and they say, you committed these crimes, one, two, three, four, five, and they spell them out. There's some more paperwork to be done this week on the charges. There may be additional hearings, but by the end of the week or beginning of next week, they should go on to the Senate. Uh, the majority leader in the Senate, Mike McConnell, has said the trial will not be scheduled to begin till after the first of the year. Donald should be honored. He's only the fourth president in the United States, in the history of the United States, to have impeachment charges brought against him. Uh, and looking back on it, no president has actually been found guilty of the impeachment articles. Uh, Johnson, uh, I think, beat it by one vote in the Senate back after the Civil War. Nixon didn't even get served with articles of impeachment. Uh, he resigned before it hit the fan. Uh, Clinton was charged and went through a whole trial and uh, won. I, they did not have enough votes in the Senate to convict him of impeachment. So, Donald, you still have the opportunity to be the number one, to be the first president in the United States to actually be impeached. I wish you well. Which brings me now to tonight. Donald Trump was in Hershey, Pennsylvania tonight for a rally. Uh, interesting. Uh, the, the, the place where the rally was held was crowded. There were a number of people standing outside listening to him. Uh, I did not get an opportunity to watch. I was busy putting, finalizing my show for tonight. Uh, I, I admire Trump tonight. i got to say something. I admire the president tonight. Uh, he's coming out fighting. Today, he has articles of impeachment levied against him. Tonight, he comes out of the corner of the ring, and he's punching away, and I can just imagine what he said to the people at the rally. I can't wait to pick it up sometime during the middle of the night when it's rerun, which now brings me to a little bit.
Russia today. You recall that all this impeachment stuff has to do with uh, who actually interfered with the presidential election of 2016. Most people think it was the Russians. Trump doesn't want it to be the Russians. He wants wants it to be the Ukrainians. Uh, because I assume Putin's his friend. He doesn't want to impose any ill will uh, or bad things upon Putin and Russia. He doesn't care about the Ukraine. Do you recall just after he was elected president and took office, uh, Trump fired FBI head Jim Comey? The day after he fired him, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov was in the White House in the Oval Office with Donald Trump. Trump had left the door open, and he was just joyous to see Lavrov, et cetera, et cetera. And he said some things to uh, Sergei Sergei that day that he shouldn't have said. He broke some secrets that he's supposed to keep confident. We had some arrangement with Great Britain. Whatever. Okay. Now, this meeting today in the White House with Sergio Lavrov, who is still Russian foreign minister, was not scheduled. The meeting was at the uh, state offices, Secretary of State offices, with Pompeo, Michael Pompeo. But Pompeo walked him over to the White House afterwards so they could apparently say hello to each other. Uh, let me say this. This is... Donald Trump today agreeing to see Sergio Lavrov in his office, in the Oval Office, as a sign of no respect for the people of the United States. No respect. This is the day he was charged with impeachment. He says Ukraine and everybody else in the world is saying, uh, saying uh, Russia. And this is the same fellow that was there a couple of days after he took office. Uh, and Russia is supposed to be the, the country that's going to interfere with our 2020 election. Uh, it just doesn't feel right. doesn't make sense. And I would describe it as the president, Donald Trump, spitting in the face of the American people. Which now brings me to uh, his eminence, Attorney General William Barr. The worst attorney general this country has ever had. Not because he isn't smart. The man is brilliant. But he's devious. Brilliant people can be phonies. They can be devious. They can have evil minds. And Barr apparently has. He is the one who should be impeached. Uh, The FBI was vindicated over the weekend uh, from any wrongdoing with regard to charges being brought against Trump the FBI working against Trump and all that sort of thing. But nevertheless, Barr insists he's going to go on with this investigation that he's already appointed uh, the uh, U.S. attorney from Connecticut to be special prosecutor or whatever they're calling him because Barr believes there was wrongdoing and this inspector general, who's been the inspector general for I don't know how many years in Washington, came with a clean bill of health. Uh, and except for some minor things that he said did not constitute wrongdoing, uh, and uh, but Trump doesn't buy it, and Barr doesn't buy it, and it looks awful when your attorney general doesn't buy it. 
This is the second time Barr has been Attorney General of the United States. He was Attorney General some 20 years ago. I don't recall if he was good or bad at the time. He was a non-entity. No one ever heard from him. Now we hear from him all the time. And he's got a problem, this guy. He thinks he is the personal attorney and he represents the President of the United States. He does not. Under the Constitution, he is not obligated in any fashion to the president. He is not the president's attorney. He is the people's attorney, my attorney general and your attorney general. But he doesn't seem to understand this, and he sucks up to Trump. He delivers for Trump all the time, uh, just not the way it's supposed to be. I don't know why this guy took this job. He already had this job 20 years ago. He, he was, I guess, in retirement. He, he had, you know, he had made his reputation. He was a respected man in Washington. Why destroy yourself? Do you think history is going to speak well of Barr, the way he is behaving? I just can't understand why he would demean himself in this fashion. There was a meeting in Paris yesterday between Putin and Zelensky. Zelensky is the new president, or is the president for several months of Ukraine, and of course Putin is the head of Russia. Now, they've been at war with each other for five years. Russia's been knocking the crap out of uh, little uh, Ukraine, who thinks we have been their friend, but Trump, this is where Trump withheld almost $400 million in military money to buy military equipment so Zelensky could continue the war with Russia and held it back for a couple of months. Uh, the purpose of the meeting in Paris was sort of a, sort of, I'm going to say it that way, a peace conference to make sure there was peace between these two guys, their enemies. <clears throat> the picture flying over the Internet uh, shows you that apparently there's no love lost between the two. Uh, there were four people at the meeting, uh, there was, and there were four chairs in a row. Seated in the first chair on the left was Zelensky. Seated in the middle was Germany's Merkel and France's Macron. And at the other hand, on the right, last seat on the right-hand side was Putin. Uh, no smiles from anybody. Uh, and I, I began to think Macron and Merkel were there to keep the peace between these two guys. Whatever, they chatted all day, uh, and they issued no report other than to say, hopefully, hopefully, note that word, there may be a ceasefire by the end of the year. They were otherwise hesitant to say anything else. That's the story. Who knows what's going on there? Now, it's 1984. I'm sorry, it's 1884. 1884. Mark Twain, you recall, wrote The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn was published on this day in 1884. Thought this is a happy piece of history and something I wanted to bring to your attention because it's not Trump talk. Now I'm going to speak of something which has a sadness to it. It has an opening to it. It makes sense. Uh, not heard of before in this fashion. We are in Houston, 
Texas two days ago, the police department got a call from this woman. She says, my boyfriend's here. He is abusing me. He also has two guns, and he's threatening me. The police immediately were dispatched to this woman's home. One of the police officers, a sergeant, was shot to death. He was killed. Now, the chief of police, named Artie Aceto in Houston, is not a happy man. He is very unhappy that his police sergeant is dead, and he's making no bones about it. And he said that this shooting, this killing, would not have occurred if the Senate had voted against the NRA, terrific, and approved the the Violence Against Women Act, which was apparently passed and went on for several years. Then it ran out last year, but the Congress, the Senate, wouldn't renew it. And he says this should be renewed because something like this would not have resulted in my sergeant's death either had it been on the books. I think the best way of portraying how this police chief feels about this whole thing is I'm going to deliver to you a slew of quotes uh, from what he had to say yesterday. I begin by saying, I quote, I'm, I'm burying a sergeant because they don't want to piss off the NRA. I am burying a sergeant because they don't want to piss off the NRA. I don't want to hear about how much they support law enforcement. And who is he talking about? The two Tennessee senators, uh, Crew and uh, Cronin, Cronin, uh, had been with him, and now he was speaking directly to Cronin. Uh, Mike McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, had sent his condolences in from uh, wherever he was. And so when he says they, he's speaking about the two senators and Mitch McConnell. Again, I don't want to hear about how much they support law enforcement. I say do something. You've, you, you're either here for women and children and our daughters and our sisters and our aunts, or you're here for the NRA. Uh, whose side are you on? Gun manufacturers? The gun lobby? Or children getting gunned down every day? Who are you coming to work for every day? Who are you coming to work for every day? Now, Senator Cornyn, he, he responded, and he thought he was getting off the hook with his response. He said, unfortunately, legislation like this has fallen casualty to impeachment mania. Impeachment mania is why we're not taking on the NRI, this Women's Act, violence law wasn't renewed because of the impeachment mania. And uh, the chief of police wasn't taking that crap. He says, don't tell me it's about impeachment because you brag every day, you and McConnell, about getting judges confirmed. If you can do one, you can do the other. Neither of the two senators nor McConnell have responded. The two Texas senators nor McConnell have responded, commented, nor has the NRA. 
Alfred Lord Tennyson. Alfred Lord Tennyson, poet laureate of Great Britain, England. Uh, and he wrote a poem. And it was published on this day in 1854, 1854, titled The Charge of the Light Brigade. There was a war going on in Crimea. Crimea is in all these wars, even now, okay? <laughs> Ukraine and Crimea are next door to each other, if I recall correctly. Crimea is a part of Ukraine, or was till Russia took it over in the last few years. But anyhow, uh, it, it was the Allies, which was Great Britain at the time, and uh, Germans against them, and Arabs against them, okay? And they made a charge that has gone down in history, this charge of the Light Brigade, that the, the, the charge lives and breathes to this day, and it's really a tale of courage. 600 men rode their horses up this hill. Only 200 survived. That says it all. Let me read you some brief, brief excerpts so you get the taste of this. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward. All in the valley of death rode the 600. I repeat, half a league, half a league, half a league onward. All in the valley of death rode the 600. There's not to reason why. There's but to do and die. There's not to reason why. There's but to do and die. And now we come back to the United States, to a little town in upstate New York called Amsterdam. Amsterdam happens to be uh, Amsterdam happens to be about 50 miles from my hometown, Utica, New York. It's in central New York State, and it was the birthplace of it is the birthplace of Kirk Douglas. Now, yesterday was Kirk Douglas's birthday. That's why I'm talking about this. He was 103 years old. God bless him. He had a stroke several years ago. His face is distorted. Yet he's made a movie and been on several TV shows since. Uh, again, God bless him. Uh, a little bit about where he grew up in Amsterdam, New York. Today, as you drive through Amsterdam, and I used to drive through Amsterdam frequently because I used to ride the circuit going to courts in different counties all around upstate New York. And we weren't that big to have our, our, our cases just in one county. We had to go a couple of hundred miles a lot of times to try cases. And also I used to drive through Amsterdam on my way in August to Saratoga to the races. And there is a nice sign, a big sign, not that big, but big enough, as you go through the center of Amsterdam that says Kirk Douglas Highway. So Kirk Douglas was born of Jewish, Russian immigrant parents, raised in Amsterdam. His real name, you're going to love this, Isser, I-S-S-U-R, Isser Danielovich, D-A-N-I-E-L-O-V-I-T-C-H. Isser Danielovich, who became Kirk Douglas. Okay, we're into North Korea. North Korea, buddy-buddy, um, Kim Jong-un. Remember, he and Trump are purportedly in love. They met for the first time, what, three years ago? They met two or three times since. Trump says, oh, we're getting along fine. He's my friend. We write letters to each other. They're love letters, Trump says, okay? Well, I don't know. In the meantime, last year, uh, Kim Jong-un, because there's no, we have no deal yet of any kind with North Korea, he keeps shooting these missiles off. 
Uh, and prior to last week, he shot off 13 of them, each going a farther distance. These are missiles with the capability of carrying nuclear warheads. And finally, the big one was shot off a few days ago from North Korea. It was the 14th missile test. And remember, Trump keeps saying every time someone says, well, how do you permit these missile tests? Oh, I'm not worrying about it. He's my friend. We'll sit down and talk at some time. This thing will be resolved. Anyhow, uh, the last one that went off, they say, has the capacity with a nuclear warhead on it to fly from North Korea to the United States. Now, Trump still doesn't get excited. I don't know what the hell his problem is. Other than that, he's my friend, Kim Jong-un. Well, yesterday, North Korea, apparently they want to make a point that he's really not, they're not friendly. North Korea issued a statement concerning Trump, and they called Trump, and I quote, thoughtless and a sneaky old man. Ho, 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 thoughtless and a sneaky old man. Uh, I think the honeymoon is over. Trump better open his eyes because that's a danger he's putting on the side and not worried about for a couple of years. Which now brings me to China. China, you have to remember something. You have to remember something. Trump told us, remember when he was campaigning, he loves trade wars. He understands trade wars. He knows how to win trade wars. Uh, he hasn't won one trade war so far, though apparently he's going to win this NAFTA thing with Canada and Mexico. It was announced today. Everybody's agreed, including the Democrats. However, the changes to the Na original NAFTA are minuscule. He couldn't get what he wanted. Now he's agreeing to little bullshit stuff that Mexico and Canada said they would go for. This makes the president keep, you know, keep face. He doesn't get embarrassed. But he's the man who knows how to win trade wars. Uh, look what he's done so far to the farmers in the Midwest. They can't sell their soybeans anymore to China, their wheat, their corn, because of the tariffs. Can't afford to buy them in China. So China's gone to Brazil and Venezuela, Brazil and Argentina, rather, to buy stuff. In the meantime, our farmers in the Midwest, a huge number have gone bank have gone into mortgage foreclosure already, lost farms that have been in their family for, for, for generations because they can't sell anything to make money to pay their bills. And also there have been manufacturing companies in this country who we don't hear about them, but they're there, who have gone closed down or filed for bankruptcy because they can no longer do business with China because it's too expensive. That's the way it is. China won't do business with them. It doesn't work financially. The Chinese people aren't stupid. You can't push them around. There's something about Orientals. It's all about face. When I say face, I, I, I mean that you can't embarrass them. You can't defecate on them. You, got, you must pay them respect. And whatever you do to them, they're going to do back to you. And sometimes they're going to do it back worse. Now, what's happening? Yesterday, China announced that it was ordering all government offices and public institutions in China, all government offices and public institutions in China to remove foreign computer equipment, to remove foreign computer equipment and software within three years. Now, China buys a lot of their computers and software from companies in the United States. 
especially HP, Dell, and Microsoft. They're going to get hit hard if this thing gets carried through in three years. They're going to be killed, okay? But then again, remember, Trump loves trade wars. He knows how to win him. Well, he just lost another one here, do you see? And China's doing this in retaliation. They haven't made peace yet. They say Trump has reneged on agreements they've made, that uh, Trump makes it impossible to make a deal. Uh, And Trump doesn't seem to appreciate what he's doing to his own people in this country, the farmers, the manufacturing companies that have gone under, the companies that are losing tremendous dollars. Uh, The Financial Times this past weekend wrote, and I quote, the move, this move by China on the computers and software, the move is part of a broader campaign to increase China's reliance on home-made technologies and is likely to fuel concerns of decoupling, fuel concerns of decoupling with supply chains between the United States and China being severed. So if we don't make up with China in the next three years, we got a lot of companies going out of business who are making a good buck off China with regard to computers and software. You won another one, Donald. Congratulations. Ah, Christmas. Nativity scenes in front of churches. We see it all over the United States. Nativity scenes. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. The the, the baby in the middle. Mary on one side kneeling down, Joseph on the other. Sometimes they've got a little shed over their head. Sometimes there's a cow and a couple of sheep. Well, one picture is worth a thousand words. There is a Methodist church in the eastern section of Los Angeles, the Claremont United Methodist Church, and they erected this past week, per their usual custom, a nativity scene on the front lawn of the church. With a difference, though, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph are in separate cages. I'm talking about chained link fence cages. There are three of them with barbed wire tops, Jesus the baby in the middle, Mary in another cage, hut uh, on the other side, and Joseph on the other side of Jesus in another chain link fence cage with the barbed wire on top. And uh, I guess that says it all. That says it all. And I'm proud of this church. <clears throat> I'm not a Methodist, but I'm proud. Uh, they're in an area where there have been problems with immigration. And they're saying, you can't do this. This is what you're really doing. <clears throat> you're taking the Holy Family. You would, Trump would split the Holy Family. He, he would split Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. He doesn't care who he has divided family-wise to achieve his ruthless ends when it comes to immigration. Gary, Indiana. There used to be a song, Gary, Gary, Indiana. Everyone loved Gary, Indiana. I can remember in the mid to late 70s, I had some business, law business I was doing uh, in Gary, Indiana, and went there several times. What a city. What an exciting place to be. Very recently, uh, there was an article in a magazine that listed, I'm laughing, I shouldn't, Gary, Indiana is the most miserable city in America today, the most miserable city in America. It used to be a hub for manufacturing jobs. The jobs have all gone elsewhere, okay? And when the jobs jobs left, 
The residents left because they couldn't get work. Of those remaining, only 50% are employed today, and 36% of that 50% live under the poverty line. <clears throat> now it's even further. Even the criminals have left. <laughs> I'm laughing. I can't help it, but it's true when you think about it. Uh, Jerry used to be, there's nothing to steal. Nobody's got anything left to steal, so there's no crime. Uh, Gary, Indiana used to be the murder capital of the United States. No more. All right. There's nobody there left to kill, this article said. It used to be the drug capital of the United States. No more. No one's got the money to buy drugs, or do the druggies have the money to break into a house or a business and steal some equipment they could sell to get the money to buy drugs because they don't exist. And that's the story, my friends, of Gary, Indiana. Teen suicides are on rise in the United States from 2000 to 2017. Uh, teens, 16 to 24 years old, their suicides increased 56%, 56% in 17 years. Uh, even worse, suicide is the third leading cause of death in, in children 10 to 14 years of age and the second leading cause of death with college students. That is the show for this week, my friends. This is Louis Patron signing off. Uh, tonight's show is ended. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed, and I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>